Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you have made this day possible. Thank you for what you did in last year's School of the Spirit, which uh, uh, charted a course for the work in Canada and even here. Thank you for what you downloaded through your servant, uh, Father in the faith and our parents in the faith. Thank you, Father, for what you did in the uh, in UK overnight, that administration. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for choosing to love us. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to draw near to us, even though we're not worthy of it. Thank you for light. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the help of ministering spirits upon every session that we have had and we will have. Father, I just want to commit, my, I commit myself before you. I ask that you show me the mercy I daily need. I ask that by your spirit you bring everything you will have me say to my remembrance. I ask that you gather us before you again. I ask that you bless our hearts with understanding. You help us to uh, see the need to place a higher premium on your speakings in the might of our Lord Jesus. I ask for access into the labor of your servant. I ask that you grant me utterance to bring forth a word in this few moments I have before me to adorn the gospel in the mighty of our Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's open our Bibles to... Uh, Pastor Mika was saying something yesterday, and it struck me because somewhere some thoughts were coming to me about that. Um, he was talking about honor. You know, he says to honor is, is to obey the life that, the fa- that is in the Father. That's, that, that word is pregnant. To honor is to honor the Father is to obey the life that is in the Father. And then he also says, Satan doesn't want us to be honored by God or to honor God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll just start there and trust God for help. Let's see Romans chapter 2 that Pastor Mika ministered from yesterday. Romans chapter 2. Let's see from verse... um, Let's see from verse 7. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says, To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory, honor, and immortality, eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Of course, we know we need many verses to interpret this verse to explain it, to compare it to them who by patient continuance. One of the things Pastor Mika was saying yesterday, uh, he said he was uh, like uh, a John the Baptist. I said, <laughs> that's more than John the Baptist. So I'll just try and say some things around what he said. Amen. Maybe he was a John the Baptist to daddy. Amen. Um, to them who by patient continuance. And one of the things he, he was, I saw the father's heart in one of the things he was saying when he was talking about those, some who are struggling to embrace the message. I saw the Lord speaking through him, still trying to reach those people because some of them are meant to have journeyed to a place where they have registered their presence in the spirit as elect. Uh, But somehow uh, seducing spirits is warring with some people and that's why they speak evil or they they speak evil of the message. It's, It's very unfortunate. Because like Pastor Mika said yesterday, it can be very costly. Uh, it has cost the Lord a lot to open up this season. 
uh, in the book of James, it talks about the husbandman uh, had long patience for what is happening. What's happening right now, it has cost God patience. Yes. So when you are now speaking against it, ah, it's, uh, it's, a cost, it's a delicate thing. So I believe the Lord was just trying to speak, and it was clear. It was clear from what he did. It took time to explain why, how, why this emphasis has been for over, over, over about 23 years for him and for me. I've been around this water for some 20 years. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, if, we look at, um, if we look at scriptures, we see way back, we see the young ritual asking about, everlasting, about eternal life. We see um, in John, we see reference being made to uh, inquiries being made under a disposition that was just being closed, you know, the obedience of that disposition was being fulfilled. You see them asking about everlasting life. And of course, it's, it's, it's been clear from the labors of God's servant over the months, you know, that something precedes that. You know, so to have an F on tree to question it is actually the activity of, his, of seducing spirits. And one of the labors of the apostles was to was to um, immune them from those speakings, was to help people to covenant their ears. Amen. Hallelujah. So yeah, it talks about to them who by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. So we know something precedes glory and honor. How do we know what precedes glory and honor? Can we see Second Timothy chapter 1? Let's see verse 10. Timothy chapter 4 verse 10, please. We'll go to this scripture next. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. First Timothy chapter 4, where it talks about um, godliness, having the promise of the life that now is and that is to come. Let's start there. Okay, for godliness is profitable too, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of the life that now is and the life and that which is to come. So if you want to know the life that is now is, you go to verse 6. Let's see what it says in verse 6. Let's see what the life that now is. It says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. So the life that now is was the life that Timothy had come into as an attainment. And one reason why he, was, he had come into that life that attainment was because faith had moved from one generation to another. Faith had moved from his grandmother, Eunice, to his mother, and then to him. Amen. I remember um, Reverend Bushi once said, I think in analysis, he talked about when a thing prospers is when it has moved from one generation to another. And the same way Satan is trying to perpetuate iniquity over generations, God also has been in the business of trying to... Uh, bring about good, move good onto the fourth generation. Because when it gets to the fourth generation, it can multiply. Amen. Hallelujah. We saw that in the life of Job. So the life that now is, thank you, uh, the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Uh-huh. Let's see that for the, for the sake of, uh, I learned there are some younger ones. The life, let's see that previous verse that you were reading earlier. The unfeigned faith. I call to remembrance the faith that is in thee. So faith had become a norm, which first dwelleth in thy grandmother and in thy, and thy mother, you know, and I'm also persuaded is in thee. So, so that was the life that now is, but there was a life that was to come. So the life that was to come, a time will not come by virtue of it also being able, like you said, it says uh, that 
that good thing that has committed unto you, commit to faithful men who also will commit it to others. So meaning the life that was to come was also a time is coming when that life will also become the life that now is. A time was coming um, when for Timothy and the generations that the Lord will be springing forth through him, from, through, from it, those faithful men will be committing it to, they will, the, the life that now is will be everlasting life. Okay, we see that in, um, we see that in Galatians chapter 2. Let's see that. The life, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. The life, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me. So, uh, the Son of God loving him was because he had, he had brought the life of faith. The life of faith had become a now life. And then, uh, the next life to the life of faith was what he was now bringing into his flesh. Who loved me, amen, and gave himself to me. So what does this mean? Uh, this is John chapter 14 from verse 21 to 23. Let's see that. Let's see how the Lord loved him and gave himself. And of course, you know what the Lord gave was a higher life than the, the life that he had brought into the flesh. He that had my commandment and kept them, he is he that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him. Can you see that? So you can see Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I will love him, uh, and will manifest myself to him. So we know what that manifestation is. By virtue of keeping the commandments of faith, hope, charity, you know, we now prepare, a soul is prepared to express what is called the love of the father, the love beyond the veil. And it's by virtue of that, the Lord will now do what? the Lord will now um, uh, bring a higher life, the life that is to come. Amen. Uh -huh. So the life that was to come was, so if we now see, let's now go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. Okay. But it's now made manifest by the appearing, let's see the previous verse, just to have a flow of thought. Okay, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he had given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Uh -huh. But it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who had abolished death and had brought life and immortality through the gospel. I read this some, about two months ago, and it occurred to me, I think Pastor Reverend Busi also said that at Anamnesis, that the reference to life here was not was not what was first called the life that now is, which was faith. Because what precedes immortality is what? Is, is life or is everlasting life. It just occurred to me and what such things, you just wait on it. And had brought life and immortality to visibility. Meaning he has brought everlasting life and immortality to visibility, to light through the gospel. So if we now go back to Romans chapter 2, you now see that the reference there, when it says, to them who by patience continuously when doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality. So glory and honor, there is what? Is life. Is the, is the, is the first content of the gospel. Is the actual, is the actual, is the, okay, if we look at Romans chapter 1, 
uh, Pastor Jeff was reading, reading from that yesterday when he talked about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. So meaning it is the, it is the power of God unto that season of where we will also have to seek glory and honor. So salvation, which is everlasting life, is actually glory and honor. So he was just talking about, in chapter 1, he was talking about how people came into salvation in the figure, in the whole of chapter 2, how they came into, a, into a, the glory and honor of their dispensation. How God made it known to them, which I think verse 20 called it, is eternal power. Because, they, because in a shadow, you know, um, um, in a shadow, yeah, for the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood from, by the things that are made, even his eternal power. That's the power that, that comes after, you know, uh, the, the power of God that verse 16 made reference to. Amen. So in chapter 2, he was cataloging those who God was um, bringing into an edition of glory and honor. A, a, an edition of everlasting life of the present. So when you see the book of Genesis, you talk about men who came into a kind, a, a Adams, like God's servant put it, a, 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 the glory and honor of the present. The chief amongst them was Adam. Hebrews chapter 2 talked about how he was crowned with glory and honor. And it says all things created, were put under his subjection. Amen. So meaning, all those, all those, all those Genesis chapter 5, chapter 6 saints, they came into a measure of, they came into glory and honor in a measure. The person that, that ranked highest of all of them, next to Adam was John the Baptist. The person that ranked next to Adam in glory and honor was John the Baptist. I believe that's one of the reasons the Lord must have acknowledged, you know, his, um, the authority upon him. Um, so it says somewhere, it says, it says uh, no man take this honor. It says, uh, John chapter 3 talked about how, you know, um, Everyone, uh, it says, no man take this honor except he's called of God. So I believe the Lord Jesus was recognizing the act of baptism was not just what some think it is. He was a, he was a dispensational prophet. He was calling a glory and honor that was close to that of Adam. He was in the, he was in the season of everlasting life of that dispensation. So for Jesus, for Lord Jesus to ask him, suffer it to be so, I must fulfill all righteousness. It was making reference to a, a righteousness according to everlasting life. Because at that season, our Lord Jesus was a living son. You look at chapter 4 of Matthew or Luke, you see, you see the reference, if thou be the son of God, meaning if thou be the son of the living God. So the righteousness in question in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, was actually everlasting righteousness. So one reason why John the Baptist could not even discern it, could not discern that, I call it the meekness and lowliness of everlasting life. 
was because it, be, it, 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 it pertains to a higher dispensation. So far it will be so for now. It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So this was everlasting righteousness. Like Paul that we read of. If Paul could say in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, who loved me and gave himself to me. Meaning he gave to Paul what will also make him a beloved son. He gave, he gave to him he, 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 he gave to him everlasting righteousness. He opened up that reign of righteousness to him. Are we in the house, please? Yes, so, so if you look at that, Luke chapter, Matthew chapter, let's go there, Matthew chapter, chapter 4. Let's see that from verse, okay. Uh-huh. I must fulfill all righteousness. Uh-huh. The next, the ne- chapter 4, verse 1, let's see that. And Jesus was led by the Spirit of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Uh-huh. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was uh, afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came, he said to him, If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Verse 4. And Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So this man was not just Christ. This was, this was a man who, had been, who was prospering in everlasting life. This was a man who had been raised by the living bread. So there's a man in the sanctuary that is Christ. But there's a man in the most holy place. Let's now see John chapter 14, verse 23. We read verse 21 earlier. I'll come back here. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, this is a man who was, was born or raised out of, firstly keeping the commandment in verse 20, 21, and then entertaining an appearance which was the appearance of everlasting life, where they bring the judgment. Because of what he has done, such a one now has a now life called faith in his flesh. They now want to bring another, another life that is to come and make it a now life. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. In verse 21, the father loved him. It was on basis of that, like we have in our midst by God's grace, the thoughts, the revelations of everlasting life began to come the way of that people. But this is now a man who is now, who, has, who, they, who they have now committed judgment of everlasting life to, and who, who, has, who, who is bringing works of everlasting life to his flesh. And that's why in verse 23, they called him a man. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him again. And will come unto him and make our abode to him. So in John, Luke that, that read earlier, our Lord Jesus had prospered with this verse 23. He was a beloved son. 
So a beloved son is actually a son in the seasons of everlasting life. It's a son who is bringing forth the fruit of everlasting life. It was on the basis of that the father could allow that temptation. Why? The father knew the works he had done in the son. He knew that those works would respond at the gates. So when the book of Genesis talked about you possess the gates of your enemies. Why? Because of works. Because Jesus had been raised to become a gate. He had been raised to become an elder in everlasting life. So he was a begotten, he was a beloved son on his way to becoming a begotten son. So everlasting, he, he used the everlasting righteousness, which is that re, the reign of righteousness. The reign that saw, he, he, he kept the works of that reign until even the Mount of Transfiguration. Amen. And we saw one of the conversations of that reign, how he related with honor, how he related with glory. I'm saying this because I just saw when I went, while I was just preparing my heart yesterday, you know, before even Pastor Maker began to make reference to some things about honor, I saw that what the Lord is doing in our midst is to bring glory and honor to as many as have the formation of Christ in them. Can we see Hebrews chapter 2? Where he talked about um, Adam and then Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2. Okay, thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor. Uh -huh. And did set him over the works of his hands. Let's see the next verse. Thou put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is put under him. But we see not all things put under him. Uh -huh, let's go there. But we see Jesus, who was firstly made a little lower than angels, meaning he first had a glory and honor that was lesser than angels. Meaning he first came into an everlasting life that was lesser than that of angels. For the suffering of death, Crowned with the glory and honor that precedes immortality. Or crowned with everlasting life. Remember we read earlier in 2 Timothy when he talked about what has been brought to light, to visibility by the gospel. He called it life and immortality. Or glory and honor and immortality. So, John the Baptist in the wilderness, for him to have survived the wilderness where you have some, um, some beasts, you know, in the wilderness. Remember in the book of Old, in the Old Testament, one of the reasons why they had to move when the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire was, was why we had to move at that same pace was so that they would not be devoured by beasts. So, for our Lord Jesus and even John the Baptist to survive that season in the wilderness is because they had a for John the Baptist, he had a kind of glory and honor. He, was, he, was, he had a, a kind of everlasting life. So, if in chapter 2, in the earlier verses, let's see that verse 2. I'm going somewhere. Let's see from verse 1. 
no, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2, that's where I'm actually going. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, uh -huh. how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How can we escape if we neglect a gl the glory and honor that God brought, that God brings to every charity company like it is for us right now? Which are the first began to be spoken? Which are the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed? So the first person to speak of it was our Lord Jesus. So I agree with what Reverend Busi said. Initially when he said it, it took me aback. When he said Jesus did not preach Christ, he preached everlasting life. I, I now, truly go through this, the uh, synopsis, synoptic gospels, you will find every ref, many of those references was border, borders on, on everlasting life. Because what, what God wanted to restore back to man was glory and honor, was, was to make man an everlasting man. There was a being on earth who John chapter 8 called a murderer from the beginning. So there, there was a definition of the beginning. John chapter 8, thank you. For you have your father, the devil, and the lust of your father. The lust of your father. You see this lust? Came from a beginning. He would do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer from a season of perfection. So this is what is troubling the earth. This is where we have a... There's a glory and honor that, that, that has been troubling man. The carrot that, that Satan has to dangle the, before man, before even a Christ company, is, 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 a, is, a, is a glory and a honor. There, there's, there, there's a discernment that everlasting righteousness, everlasting life, the light of everlasting life, has, will have to communicate to us to discern this lust. By this lust, a Christ company can still be tempted. Somewhere in 1 John chapter 4, he called it the lust of men. He talked about how we should use, let's see that. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Post Peter chapter 3, verse 1, please. Thank you. Where we're talking about we seizing from sin. Okay, chapter 4, verse 1, please. For as much then as Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with this mind. This is a mind that has been crowned with glory and honor. Because he has, he has written a lot of things from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Chapter 2, we are talking about how they will, they will commit the incorruptible seed. Later, chapter 1, chapter 2. How they will commit the incorruptible seed into, their, into them. And now he's going to bring forth a particular kind of conversation that will bring forth what's called marvelous light, that will bring forth a peculiar people. So there was something he was addressing here. For as much then as Christ has suffered in the flesh, meaning flesh is a gift. This flesh is what angels don't have. If they have this flesh, they can entertain salvation. They can entertain the glory and honor that is ordained for man. In Romans chapter 8, he called it the likeness of sinful flesh. 
We need a flesh that, that can sin, but by virtue of living on words, can come to a place where he sins not, and then come to a place where he dies no more. For as much then as Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with this mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh had ceased from sin. So that's the, that's the, 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 the purpose for giving us this kind of flesh. Eh? Is to entertain a program of suffering. So you now see why the Lord Jesus told um, John there, suffer to be so for now. I must fulfill all righteousness. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the, in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So this is a higher, this, even said that thing. He said this, 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 this loss is not just the loss that a Christ, after a Christ company has overcome lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, they still have to overcome this lust. It comes from the father of lust. They need to become fathers. They need to be armed with everlasting righteousness. And where everlasting righteousness comes from is from the will of God. You know, before they came to this chapter of the will of God, you know, they, they, you know before he was talking about the will of God here, he was talking, he was talking about the good will, the acceptable will. So this is a provision of the perfect will, which will prepare man to journey back to the beginning. Because there are, there are, two, there are two beginnings on earth. There is somebody who was a murderer from the beginning. That beginning is available. That beginning, Reverend one says, was his perfection. So all we are, all the, the feeding that is ongoing in our midst right now is to immune us from that, that, that perfection. Is to immune us from a falling order of glory and honor that an angel had. And the only way to do so is to journey to the beginning. And also that in the book of 1 John, I saw that the references to the beginning actually has to do with everlasting life. Everlasting eternal. 1 John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning. In the last, the last, uh, the last line it says, of the word of life. So that was the word that Jesus had lived by before Satan showed up at Jordan. And that's the, that's the love, that's the word that every Everyone who will journey from a Christ company to become a begotten, beloved son will live by. So this was this was this was the this this romance is what's ongoing right now. This is the reason for the labors of God's servant. This is this is an, this is this is this is this is what makes up the understanding called everlasting life. That was from the beginning which we have heard which have seen, which have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the words of life. So this is what made John a fellow. And he's not talking about those who will do likewise. He said there are those who will cross from death unto life, meaning the provision of this word of life is, is to help us to escape, not just escape the corruption that was through lust, to escape that thing they call the lust of men. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Because we love those 
who have graduated beyond loving the world. They, sorry, they've overcome the love of the world. These are those who are now in the season of loving the Father. This is a company of everlasting life brethren. He that loveth not his brother abided in death. Let's see verse. Let's see. Let's see how why they are everlasting life brethren. Let's see from verse one, chapter three, verse one. Beloved, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not us, us not because it knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved. Now are we the sons of God. So you can see how everlasting life had now become a now life. Reference said, sons, reference to sons of God here is, is, actually, do, is actually the audience of chapter 2. First, mainly those young men and fathers. But of course, you also have the, the, the little children. So they were the brethren. These are, these, 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 are, these, are, these are brethren in season of everlasting life, like God is raising right now. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, when the eternal son shall appear, after, we have, after they have completed their curriculum in, in everlasting life, after they have, you know, you know, our Lord Jesus, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I well please. He was a beloved son, like I said, at Jordan and at, at Mount of Transfiguration. After they have naturalized, after they have journeyed to a place where they've gained mastery, Huh? where that their minds have been crowned with glory and honor. He says, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for, for we shall see him as we... So to entertain this appearance, that's the reason why they, that's why that season of everlasting life was opened up to them. So the likes of John the divine had, had come into this, 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 this appearance. This appearance was what? First John chapter 5. Let's see that. First John chapter 5 verse 21. When he shall appear. That's when the son, the eternal son shall appear. Chapter 5 verse, thank you. And we know that the son of God is come. That's an appearance. That's the eternal son. And had given unto us an understanding. Why? Because he had profited, he has prospered with the understanding that the word of life has to offer. So, John the Divine wasn't a stranger to that glory and honor. And we know that the Son of God is come and had given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. That's the eternal son, the true God and eternal life. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Let me now go back and say some things before I you know, say some other things. I said earlier, I talked about the, the, what, is what, what troubled the churches what Satan was using to trouble the churches, even in Revelation, the churches of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, and for as many 
that were being seduced by doctrines was a perverted expression of perfection or of a glory and honor. Every man is looking for honor. Every man is looking for glory because God created him so. So the revelation of Christ was just to deal with the distractions from seeking glory and honor. The now life, which, was, which is faith, was to deal with the distraction. When you see um, some Chinese movies, you find that the bad guy is just sitting somewhere and then he will send all his, all his boys to weary out, you know, those are like principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world. You know, lust of the flesh, lust to, you know, to, you know, so that you use the commandment of faith and charity to wrestle with them. And then after you have, after you have fought them, then he will now, he will now show up. That's, that's, that's what, that's what the whole issue of the light of Christ and of everlasting life. That's how I just see it. Everla the, 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 what, we are, what, we are, what, what we are being fed against is death. The essence for the meal of salvation is to cause us to pass from death unto life. Is to cause us to be able to discern the glory and honor that is of the Son. Reverend was saying something uh, this morning. He was talking about the living Son. That what makes the living Son are the works the Father wrought in Him. Is when that work was completed, then they crowned Him, and then they brought the world to come in subjection under Him. There was a finished work, according to the present, that was found in Eden, in Adam. And it was because that work was finished. That's why they set cre creation under his oversight. But now, by God's grace, by the ministry of the face, by the ministry of the face, they want to bring back glory and honor to man. Amen. Amen. So I was talking about Satan. I thought about it yesterday. When the Bible says, money answered all things, it's talking about in the realm of pleasure. Am I correct? It's also talking about in the realm of honor. Money opens doors. Because money has an everlasting root according to the present world. Money has seen, has overseen many generations. Money is, 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 is from a wisdom from the God of this world. So when the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, one thing that was coming to me also was that there is, there is, there is something that money does in the realm of honor. When you see someone like, sorry to say, one of our Nobel, Nobel lyrics, I think there was a time openly, um, you know, he tore his, his passport, US, US passport. Of course, you know what edge, when you are a US citizen is, you know, what it will give you. I think he tore it because he, was, he had a grounds with how the American government are treating Nigeria, you know. But so if you look at his estate in the natural, he doesn't have, 
you know, he doesn't have all the maybe cash money in his in his bank account. But there's something he has still he's still a slave of, sorry to say. He's still a, he's still seeking for an honor. He's still seeking for a glory that is beyond physical cash. He's seeking for a glory and honor that anybody whose eyes is not single will seek. In that, in that Matthew chapter 6, when I was talking about if your eye be single, that's what he talked about mammon. And that's why the commandment Jesus gave to those whose eyes are single is, or rather to everyone whose eyes will be made single, which is one of the things the light of Christ will do, is to seek first the kingdom of God. So the first person truly that, that preached so great salvation was, was our Lord Jesus. So he was trying to bring back the beginning, a life of the beginning. He was trying to bring back everlasting life. That was the life God ordained for the beginning. It's until, you see, until, one, one beauty about the emphasis of the moment is, sometimes when you now go to scriptures, you now see it. You know, for many of us, we are hearing different ministers minister and say, hey, you know, you know, the word, even sometimes when you don't want to make reference to it, because it's in the air. Like faith was once in the air. Eh? That life is in the air. Even the commandments of that life is also in the air. Like healing was once in the air. And as many as we have been prepared to be vessels, you know, could just tap into that healing wave, healing anointing. So, so understanding of everlasting life is in the air. There is a concern by many, and that's the fact that we are still lagging behind in our Christ curriculum. And I tell some of them, I say, well, number one, a lot of God's servants, a lot of times even God's servants, uh, daddy and other pastors, we, you, 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 the Spirit of God will stir them to touch on Christ. And then look at me, when they are talking about everlasting life, they're actually talking about perfection. They say, let us go on to perfection. So meaning, so meaning, meaning, now bring a, a perfect light to address a lack that Christ has. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it, it, it talked about we see darkly. Meaning if you see darkly, meaning there are some works. There are some, some well-pleasing you can't bring to the Father. You are seeing darkly because thank God for the righteousness of faith. It is limited. It is limited if a temptation should come from the father of liars. Because you are not yet a father. So as long as, as long as, so one of the things the Lord wants to do in our midst is to raise fathers. That's why God has raised a father in our midst. I know some of us have not seen that. But it's a matter of time. I've seen that. It's to raise fathers. Who will journey to the beginning? Who will be able to handle the word of life or like our Lord Jesus, live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And then they will move from pleasing, you know, without faith it's impossible to please God. But when you look at the experts of our Lord Jesus, from, from like the Reverend says, almost three and a half years before that Jordan experience and afterwards, you'll find what they call their well-pleasing. This is my blossom in whom I am well pleased. Why? You will use the light in me. 
you have become heavenly in your soul. Daddy was saying that earlier this morning. So he took that light of everlasting life to bring heaven to the earth. The light of Christ was just to undo some works that makes up the world, was to deal with the distraction from the business meant for man. Let's see Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Let's see that. I'll see that. Take heed that ye do not, you do not, you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. Let's go back there. Back to verse 1. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. So, so this, leave the fact that the works were arms. What, what our Lord Jesus was trying to bring out here is the, a, a season where one lives in the sight of the Father. So when you see 2 Corinthians chapter 6, when it says, Come out from among them, be separate, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He's talking about how a believer will live in the sight of the, of the Lord. Not in the sight of men. Or not in the sight of worldly men. And then how a chapter will now open up where by virtue of the light of the Father, that soul will be trained to now live in the sight of the Father. So that the Father can now reward him with what makes him a father. Or with the light that makes him the father of light. I win the house, please. You have no reward of your father. So I was talking about those who will live in the sight of the father. So God was talking about how, early this morning, about how our Lord Jesus ascended to heaven. And that him dwelling in heaven was actually that conversation of everlasting life. So let's now see somebody who brought the, who first, according to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, the, li the now life, and then who now brought another now life called everlasting life to his, to his flesh. Let's see Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, please. For our conversation is in heaven. He's talking about how he was using a particular light. Because he said, who loved me and gave himself to me? So by the giving of himself, eh, the Lord actually gave him everlasting life. For our conversation is in heaven. So to converse in heaven, you need everlasting life. But one thing the Lord is trying to do is that while men are on earth, he wants men to be able to, to, be able to illustrate what does it look like? What does heaven look like? The heaven in God. The heaven, the, the life we must fully acquire until we are crowned with that life. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence we look for the Savior. So meaning, if he if was, was looking for the Savior, according to 
Titus chapter 2, let's see verse 13. If he was looking for the Savior, that means he had looked for something, and it's what, it, what he looked for that made his, made his soul heavenly. Looking for the blessed hope. So, he had, so this, was what, this was what they gave to him when he says in Galatians chapter 2, who loved me and gave himself to me. Those, those were those good and perfect gifts. That's why God's servant, Reverend was talking about how those who wrote the epistles were in ever, were, had the everlasting life, even though they may have written more about Christ because of the churches in question, they had issues with flesh. So the gift to flesh, to that carnal man, was, was, was the revelation of Christ. So let's now see. Looking for the blessed hope. So by virtue of Paul, look, he, had, he had looked for the blessed hope. It was by appreciating the blessed hope like we have had is the Father and what, 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 what makes up the Father are lights and it's those lights that will make the soul heavenly so by looking for that blessed hope eh, he could now handle a heavenly conversation so looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance so you can see in that Philippians uh, chapter 3 that we read earlier, verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven from whence we look for. So they, were, they are two looking for. When the issue of the present world has been dealt with, when faith has now become a now life, like by God's grace in the lives of many, that has been the case, then there are two things to look for. And that's the reason for the emphasis in the house. And those two things will make the soul heavenly. For our conversation is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior. So here he was looking for the true God and the eternal life. So as many as complete this conversation, they are going to find themselves in God. Let's now see John, John chapter 13 verse 3 please. He said, Jesus, knowing from whom he came, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things, all judgment into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. Let's now see Revelation chapter 22. We're talking about that city descending out from God. Why could they descend out of God? Because they, in the days of their flesh, they ascended into God. Let's see that Revelation chapter 20, 22 or so. We're talking about uh, 21 or so. And I, and I, John, saw the holy city. Citizens of this city right now, they are being recruited. Citizens that will make up this city right now, they are being recruited. The new Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven. Why? They made their way into God. One of the one of the veils to this to coming to a place where we can dwell in God is the concept of heaven that the average believer knows. That thing is a veil, and that's why many believers don't labor. First labor, like we saw in the book of Hebrews, that raised that holy brethren. It was a labor in place of hearing. They had the word of faith until 
they became sons in the sanctuary. And then Paul was now admonishing them to do what? To labor around the next allocation that will, that will now raise them to become everlasting sons. He labor around the word of God where they are taught and intent where what makes them see things darkly will not be healed. Where they will know the source of their thoughts. Um, by God's grace, I'm seeing that thing happen. I know it's happening for some. So, you know, everyone said intent means intent is the source of thoughts. Sometimes some thoughts come your way. You don't know where it, where it springs from. So the only reason why that is coming away is because by God's grace, over time, there have been some divisions around the word of God. So the light that is that the thoughts, the revelations, those things are light. They are helping us to resolve some thoughts. Some, some of those thoughts, especially some thoughts that have a root in iniquity, in debt. Previously when they come, you, because you are seen darkly, because you are using the light of, of faith, you are limited from from extraining it. But now when those thoughts come, by God's grace, by God's grace, you can, you can, you can, you can extract it. You can know that this, 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 this is the source of these thoughts. And then you can respond. And that, that, is, that is mercy, that's victory. So I was, I was telling somebody, I said, I said, was it earlier yesterday? Um... You tell, you tell, you, you, uh, in exam, way back, for those who are still in, in the academic world, but for us, way back, they tell you, in your own words, explain, maybe a particular definition, explain chemistry. The only reason why they tell you to do that is because they, they, want, they want you to write out of your understanding. Define chemistry or a particular terminology with your own words. They want to prove if you understand it. So, so, and, and so the only way you can resolve thoughts, there are many thoughts right now. The reason for these teachings and teachings is because there are some thoughts that come away. We, 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 we can't discern it, it, the source. We can't extract it. We can't see the nakedness of those thoughts. But one of the things that the light of everlasting life will do is to bring us to a place where we can discern thought, every thought and intent. Even those thoughts that ride on our zeal, because that's one place darkness hides. When somebody is zealous, is passionate, huh? but he doesn't yet have this light, he isn't yet a cube with this judgment. Huh? Some, some motive for doing some things, even in the name of the Lord, Will be is blameable. The time when our 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 many of our actions and inactions will become unblameable is when is when the 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 words of this the judgment of this word eh, becomes tangible to us when we handle it when we gain mastery of everlasting life righteousness. So when Satan met our Lord Jesus. At Jordan, he had mastery of that word. There was a building in place. 
It was that building that was responding. I've seen that. Sometimes Satan will bring a warfare to your way. Maybe he's telling you some things you didn't seek in the previous season. You know, still, I, I see some, sometimes without necessarily opening your mouth to respond. Some, some things you have believed, and as, as long as you have thoroughly believed them, those things put a formation in place. Those things constitute a life. And I, you now find that life responding to death. Because you don't have the luxury to keep quoting scripture every time, to keep responding. It is written. What, 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 what is written is, is a volume of words, a volume of life from words. So all the preachings and preaching that is coming away, you know, Satan tells us a lie. You are not growing. You are not changing. It's not true. They are, they are stuffing many of us with things that will enable us to respond to the adversary at the gate. I told somebody as I was driving through Lekki and I saw some well-finished houses and, what I, and Satan was speaking. You know, he was, he was using the house, houses to speak. It's just like when you see some of the houses in America, in Canada, he speaks. Some, some of those houses will ask you, when will you get a mortgage? When will you buy me? When will you own me? But, you see, when you have thoroughly believed this life, eh, actually, a, a covenant is in place. You know why? Because, you see, when you're opening the word of Christ, for example, it's a draft of a contract, of a covenant. In that covenant, there are clauses. When you agree to, 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 uh, to have that covenant in place in your heart, is to agree with the clauses. And then you will now bring forth fruit by keeping the clauses of the covenant to, to now have the life of the covenant. So, and I realized that just like in the same way for the world, God put a building in, in our lives, not just myself, in some. And that, that, that building, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you. That building is what speaks against Every other building. The building called the world. The world is a building. I now find that just because of the speakings of everlasting life, light is joining to some recesses of our soul. Those places that hidden things of dishonesty used to spring forth from, light is not joining there. And the light that is not joining there is now helping us to respond to death. The light that is upon us is to expose death. I told somebody earlier today, I said, the same way you use the light of Christ in a workplace, in marriage, in business, in your day-to-day -day dealings with believers and unbelievers, God may not necessarily change that dealing. You will still always have a wife. You've kept the commandment of faith with your wife. You now need to keep the same, another, a higher commandment of everlasting life with the same wife. That's why you can't judge a man by virtue of, you know, what your definition of change around his natural life. God may be using the same sit situations he used to raise Christ in him to communicate everlasting life to him. One, marriage. Two, business or work. And his handling of money. 
So after you have used the light of Christ to handle money, they now bring a higher light that will help you to see some of your, the motive and your, your, some, some thoughts, some things you did and you had peace. When they bring a higher light, you won't have peace. Because when you had peace, you were still seen darkly. That, that thing only just brought it to a season where, like Pastor Maker said yesterday, you, you had peace with God, meaning you had peace to relate with. Seasons where they will now prepare you for glory and honor. Seasons where you will now live according to the economy of the most holy. Seasons of true, true holiness. I will ask please. So, so, so for, for some, for example, they've used the light of faith, especially in their dealing with the brethren. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 says, which you should do so until you have, you, you can do so until you have what's called white-heated love, fervent love. Look at me. When you do so, you lay aside all the malice, guile, evil speakings, hypocrisies. But even after you have laid aside all those things, there's still, there's still something you need a higher light from a, a, a more, a more, um, uh, um, a more potent seed a light from the incorruptible seed, from the word of God, a higher judgment called everlasting righteousness. Take everlasting righteousness in your dealing with a brethren that you have successfully kept faith, hope, and charity. You will find the imperfection in your rapport with your brethren. You now see why Paul said, let us go into perfection. Because there's, there's to, to, you see, you can use the light of Christ to please the Lord. And that's why he will receive you. As a priest. But the father has to deck us with a particular light to please him well. Satan can accuse us in those seasons where we're using the light of Christ. He's, 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 he's a father. So we need a fatherly light to relate with the same brethren. That's why he says, he says, by this we know we have passed from death to life. Not with charity. Thank God for charity. Who take charity into the most holy. Because we love those. We are now, we are now the, the bar has been raised. The bar has been raised. Come and now love that your wife. I'm talking, I'm, I'm saying this and I'm looking at my wife's face. God is helping me. God is helping us. It's one of the reasons why we are resolving. We, we initially had past marks when we looked at how we handle our wives and brethren. <laughs> but when they open up the light of everlasting life, we just realized that, you know, you know, we ain't faring well at all. And by, by so doing, by God's grace, uh, we've been changing. She may not be able to handle the microphone, but she will tell you my husband is changing. And the reason is because the bar has been raised. And we're now striving. So now come and use come, come, that same wife. Don't ask you to marry another wife. That same wife. <laughs> <laughs> they, sometimes they may not change, change the, the work environment. Yes, wow. They may not change the work environment. They may not change your geographical location. In that same em environment, or look at, come and now use everlasting light. Yes. Then you will now see the need to cry for mercy. And I knew why David was a man after God's heart. 
And I knew why he kept crying. Because sometimes you just, you, you, you feel you lack the inertia to keep the commandments of everlasting life. Even though the light is coming. And that's why we must receive every light that constitutes everlasting light. Why do I say so? We have somebody who, who is our example, our Lord Jesus. He received all of it. He's calling us to receive all of it. The apostles, they got there. And it was by them getting there, they came into the glory and honor of the New Testament. Or they came into everlasting life. Or they lived. Are we in the house, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's now see John chapter 5, please. Okay, let's see John chapter 5. I'm going somewhere, taking us through scriptures to refresh our memory. Let's see John chapter 5, verse. Um, uh, let's see from verse. Do I have it here? Before John chapter 6, which is the theme of the conference, John chapter 5, where Jesus was talking about honor. Let's see. Okay, from verse 39, let's see. Let's see how our Lord Jesus came into honor, even honor and glory. Let's see. Let's see from verse 39. Let's see how God, God has been helping us. I, when I read this, I saw how in, with the light of Christ, we have, we have fared here. But I saw how with the light of perfection, mm -mm, mm -mm, I saw how we need help. Let's read from verse 39. Search the scripture. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I was talking about that as being the key to honor. Let's continue to touch on that. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Verse 44. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? I was saying earlier about glory and honor, about how Satan uh, is dangling a carrot before mankind. And that even when you have come into the light of Christ, the inheritance of faith, is so that you can seek something that will now enable you to ignore or overcome what he has to tempt people with. What, what he tempted many sons with. Okay, one reason why many sons did not arrive in glory and honor, did not come into the inheritance of everlasting life. Huh? was because of something that bothered on them or on their will or on their, on their name. 
Let's see John chapter 20, verse 31. Let's see. As long as we have not come into this name, it's because we still have a name or an identity or a nature or works. But these things ye, but these things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life. We know what that life is through his name. So meaning our Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, all is what he was, what when he said he was believing, he was going against his will. He went against his will until you see, even at those last few moments, Gethsemane, when he was praying to the Father, not my will, but thine. Not my will. What, what was Jesus calling my will there? A man that hadn't sinned for 33 and a half years. So he was saying that as long as I don't have that name, as long as I don't have that, that full inheritance, as long as I, I have not stood before the Father and he tells me, you know, he said, no man take this honor to himself. I said, he that is called of God. As long as I have not, I've not yet been told to sit, I've not finished the business. So, the, the, the curriculum of the will was what was playing out, but he needed to use the will to fetch a name. And to do so, he had to go against his will. I'm saying this because I see how the light that is, come, that is coming my way is tackling my will. My wife can be witness. Sometimes I just, I, just, I just told her maybe a particular line of action we're meant to take. So maybe something I don't feel like. I, I, just, I just told her I'm not a party to it or I don't want to maybe, maybe, maybe go out or do a particular thing. And in, in, in the next few minutes, I'll just find, my, I'll just find myself torn to commit to that thing that I previously closed my heart to. I'm seeing the workings of these speakings. It's, it's not like me at all. I'm seeing how this light wants to help us to go against our will. Another word for that is to go against our identity, our name. When you see John chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, you see the reference to will and name. Let's see that. Let's see, let's see the correlation between will and name. I think from verse 11. Born not of the will of flesh. No, let's see the previous verse from verse 12. See, verse 12 talks about name. Verse, verse 13 talks about will. There's a correlation. The, okay, let me, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. God's servant has made us to know that this is eternal power. Everlasting life. To become sons of God. To become everlasting sons. Even to them that believe on his name. So to believe on his name hmm, is to believe on every work that the father wrought in him. And that word for that is, is to believe on how the father led him. There's a way Jesus was led. There's a way Jesus was raised. I, I was telling somebody, I said the, the best way to raise a child, if possible, is the way Jesus was raised. It's almost impossible. But, 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 but if possible, it's the best way. Okay, if you can't raise a child that way, the way Jesus was raised from the age of 20 is the best way to now begin to raise somebody who, who comes into that age, that full age called Christ. 
And what the epistles do, through the instructions and the revelations of the epistles, is to extract what took place from the age of 20 to the age of 30. If we, if we can't see those things through the epistles and also in the synoptic gospels in a measure, we can't understand everlasting life. So to believe on his name is to, is to receive every enlightenment that is contrary to our will. What I'm saying is that they want to bring us to a place where we will delight in not doing our will. They want to feed us above and contrary to that nature eh, that makes our that that makes us s- s- uh, slaves to our will. They want to liberate us from our will. They want to weaken our will. God is doing a work that when you see your will, you will run because you know what what it can cost you. Because the the life, the glory and honor that is in in the sun would have become so evident. Can I say this? Eh? Men are already coming into it. And so it's a thing to be desired. If, if, see, in any generation, God cannot raise examples. He, he, hasn't, he, hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't helped that generation. So when God raises parents in our midst, eh? examples, it, 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 the work has been helped. They are manner of life. Holy Ghost will use it to convict us. And when Holy Ghost can successfully use it to convict us, they can also use, and we submit and we fetch life thereby, they can also use our life to convict others. Our life and the message must be one. A time is coming without, without necessarily opening scriptures to, to, to refer to you know, everlasting life conversation, Christ conversations. They should be able to talk about a believer's conversation for an hour, and they are talking about firstly Christ, and then they talk about how he he broke through into sins of everlasting life. That's what happened in that Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. That seven women, they saw that man, that one, that man, that was an everlasting man. A man in season of everlasting life. A man who had brought everlasting life to his flesh. A man who, like first Peter chapter 4, verse 1, talked about who had come to that season of season from sin. They, 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 those seven women, they saw a man who, who had come to a, a season where, where, you know, where, where the gift of flesh, you know, you know, where the reason God gave man the, the likeness of sinful flesh had been fulfilled. Man had trapped a new life that now is called everlasting life. Man can cease from sin. I know it. I, I don't even doubt it. I may not have been walking the reality of it, but I know it's a matter of time. So they saw that man. And when they saw that man, that man was like a mirror. They could see themselves. They could see that I have sin is a reproach. They could see, ta- they could see the tattoo of sin upon their soul. They could see sin. The, the, the man's conversation was, was a tool for Holy Ghost to convict them of sin, of, of, of righteousness, and of judgment. And that's the hope for the, for the church. The hope for the church is God wants to raise some who will be first fruit, who will firstly be able to fully embody this life. When he can raise them, he can use them as, as, as the, their life will mirror the message. When they come across people, the people may not confess openly, but they will go home, they will go home mourning. They will be sorry for their state. They will, they will realize that they have wasted years behind them. The same duration when God was raising that one man, food and raiment robbed, which is the present. 
robbed that seven women from becoming everlasting in nature. In that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. This is that man that Isaiah talked about when he talked about in that day I will make a man like the gold of all fair. If Pastor Mika was talking about that, you know, you know, that man, gold of all fair. <clears throat> Said we will eat our bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name. So this man had walked in the light of John chapter 1 that we read earlier, verse 12. He had traded his name for, he had believed on his name. Reverend said to believe on his name is to believe everything that makes up that name. Firstly, the first content in that name, and then the everlasting degrees of righteousness in that name. So this man had believed him, had believed that name. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. So this is the, the joke of God to deal with reproach is to, to be able to carry out that work amongst a company. That's why he measures out everlasting rights judgments to them so that that, God, that Christ company can become an everlasting life company. That he will crown with glory and honor. And of course, by so doing, they will come to a season where they will also be able to seek immortality. It's actually already ongoing because some of the teachings is opening truths around that hidden life called immortality. It's, it's as many as are on this patient race of everlasting life. Like I said earlier, in their own words, they were able to explain in their own words, meaning in their own conversations, because not everybody has the opportunity to minister. In their conversations, they were able to explain, like suppose conversations are able to explain Christ. In this new year, especially, and in the, in the year ahead, People's, people's conversation, people's love work. I'm seeing it, sorry to say with all humility. When I see some conversation that borders on everlasting life, because of what has been said about everlasting life, I know this is everlasting life. I know this light, it's not, it's not Christ light. It's not wrestling against the world. I know that this is a conversation that will tackle a spiritual wicked spirit. This is a conversation of the most holy. Only let us be called by their name to take away our reproach. So this is, the joke, this, is the, this is the joker that God has for the church. Let me hasten a company into righteousness. Let me bring them to the place where they will, I think Second Peter talked about, hastening unto the coming of that day. Hastening unto the coming of salvation. You see those believers that are ignoring your call to fellowship to drink. When they see glory and honor, when a man has glory and honor, you, they, like, they, like this same woman, they saw something. They saw a man carrying glory and honor. And they know they were, they were gloryless. And this is a very, very painful state. The, the, what God wants to do, I, I always say that thing. God wants to save us from the, that sorrowing. The pain of knowing that in the season, in the season where we should have traded our name, if the Lord is bringing his name and he's saying we should live by his name or we should believe on his name, he's actually, he's actually telling us we have an inheritance also. We have a name that we need to trade. The name is in our, is, is, is called our will. I've come to know that. I told someone some time ago, I said, I said, our will is a life wire that, that we should be afraid of. The fact that God gave you a will, he gave you a will, he also gave you knowledge to handle that will. 
The real reason for revelation knowledge is to tackle your will. Your will is designed to rob you of ascending to heaven or becoming heavenly in your soul, your will. So a lot of when I want to take decisions, I know what my will is because of light. If there's no light, even explain around the last church, you, you, you don't know what your will is. You don't, you are, you, maybe you, you seek counsel or what have you, but light has come. You want to take a decision, just try and go down memory lane, what light has been shared. When they bring Jesus as like a cadaver, you know, when, 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 when a minister is like the God's servant is rightly dividing the word of truth, it's actually, it's actually like that carcass, that eagles, we are, we, are, we are meant to be like eagles that gather around a carcass to eat of that spoil of life. And of course, we know before, before we can become eagles, truly, we must have walked by faith, we must have run with patience. And then we now mount up. So there's, there, are, there are things in Jesus we can't eat until we can mount up. There's a feast at the tail of the mountain. There are previous feasts before them. Thank you, Lord. So I say, God's joker. Because I think of it, how many people are listening to this word? How many people have the dealings of this word in the body of Christ? That means somewhere where the hope, where you say creation waited earnestly. Somewhere. I, I watched a video yesterday. I watched a video yesterday. And I said to this to the person, I, I, I was just saying, a lawyer who went abroad in the name of Greener Pastures. Lawyer. Just today is on the streets of London, you know, begging and what have you. And if you see his ascent, if you see his, you know he's bright and what have you. How today he lives on drug. Somebody interviewed him and paid him $20. And of course, put that interview on YouTube so that he can have more views and make more money. Paid him $20. A lawyer by profession with, with exposure in different law firms abroad. He's now whatever on the streets on, of London. See, I tell people when you're watching such things, commune with your spirit. So as I was watching it, I said to myself, I said, this man is waiting for he, he was waiting for the, the manifestation of the sons of God, and he doesn't know that's what he's waiting for. I watched the video. I said, he's waiting for something. He's waiting for something that United Nations cannot give him. He's waiting for something that the government of his day cannot give him. He's waiting for something that NGOs cannot give him. He's waiting for something that even the church right now cannot give him. He's waiting for something that the company that God is raising can give him. And I look at how, how that company will, will handle such issues. How, I, I look at how... How, when a man is carrying glory and honor like our Lord Jesus, how such people will be ministered to, eh? and like our Lord Jesus, who won't make a noise out of it. Who won't allow even our left hands to know about it because it can be a distraction. And I thought of many people on the streets of London, people on drug, drug addicts, many, many so-called problems that will be solved just by, just like, like Paul walking through that street and his, his shadows was healing, just, just by people carrying glory and honor. Walking through, meeting people without words, without laying on of, on of hands. So I said, I said, and then I looked into, you know, the day-to-day, -day, last past few days, I saw that there are many people that I've met that are actually, what they are, what they are looking for is, is, is manifestations of sons of God. It's manifestations of those who will come into every measure of everlasting life. Those who carry glory and honor. That's what they're looking for, even though they don't know. And those who are meant to be some people somewhere, they're just, they're just tagging along.
in that verse of scripture we read, he was talking about something. Number one, the, the audience wanted to, you know, Jesus said, ye search the scripture, for in them ye think ye have life. He said, for they are they that testify me. He said, you won't come to me. So firstly, one of, one of the things those people was, wanted to do was to, was to, the Bible says somewhere, it says, I think Proverbs chapter 25, is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the horn of kings to search it out. It's in the spirit of people inventing things. When you invent a thing, you can put your name on it. Just like some people, they don't, they don't like to refer to the source of their revelation. They don't like, they don't, they want to know that they are the ones that, that dog the, but I'm saying it's because somewhere there's still something that everlasting life wants to deal with in our handling of honor. Somewhere even when we acknowledge our source, it's not delightfully. It's just to fulfill our righteousness. We are not as separated from what we are doing. So Jesus says something there. I know, he, says, he says, I am come in my father's name. So meaning he didn't, you know what, you know what that means? Eh? Meaning he lived all his life not seeking his own will. That's why he could come in his father's name. He didn't have a name of his. We still have a name that the life of Christ will firstly collect. But there's, a, there's still a name. After they've, collected the, after they've collected that worldly nature, there's still a name, there's still a nature, there's still a law that they need to use everlasting life to collect. Then, and that's the reason for the declarations of the name of the Father. That's the reason for the unveiling of everlasting life. There's still something, even when, we, it's, it's, even when we are serving the Lord or seeking the Lord, there's still a way because we, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't see the source of our thoughts and our, of our intent. There's a place we, we spring from. There's a place we found from. There's still something that is exciting because this is new and you know, we are privileged to be one of the choice companies that the Lord is doing this. There's still something, there's still an attachment that is not holy. There's still a way, unlike our Lord Jesus, we're not, you know, our Lord Jesus was so committed yet separated. The degree to which we're not separated is the degree to which Satan can tempt us. You just find yourself vaunting your, 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 um, you know, that, that, that privilege you have to know these things. How many of us find out that something like, like an air building, some thoughts. So he says, I am come in my father's name. That was how John, the reason why John was the greatest of all men was because of how they also raised him. He was raised to seek the will of another. Is the key to glory and honor. That's why he became the second to the last Adam. Jesus is the last Adam. He was the second to the last Adam. That's why he had the glory and honor of that dispensation. He lived all his life. You don't know what it is for a child from the age of 12, 13 to be taken to the wilderness to, to be prepared just to identify the Messiah. That was his job description. Just like the job description of our Lord Jesus was, was um, to this purpose came I to bear witness to the truth. His, his purpose was to die. You can imagine. In the same way, his purpose was to 
Why he lived that, that way, locust, wild honey, was to be able to point to the Messiah. So I know so that we have a lot of opportunities we have missed out in to selflessly seek things. To do things that, have, that has nothing in it for us. Nothing. You know, in this company right now, you know, we were privileged when by God's grace we identified with these waters. There was nothing, nothing exciting, nothing. What, what, what the ministry looks like right now, there was, we, even the vision of it, could not, the heat of that moment couldn't enable you to dream what was happening right now. There was nothing, nothing. And actually that's where sometimes, that's the season where God will raise some disciples. Because truly they were helped to seek to follow. See, today we can't, we can't, we can't brag that we, it, we're the ones that were just helped. We're just sedated by faith then. Teachings of faith then. Just like they want to sedate us with everlasting life now. So, I wrote some things here. I'll just read it. I said, firstly, we're here today because of what Jesus did with his will. And we are here today because Jesus can see that we can do likewise. Our will, like I said, is like a life wire. When you hold a life wire, you know what a high tension wire is? Huh? It's, it's not a thing to be touched. So, war broke out. And war will break out with him. The audience of our Lord Jesus, you remember our Lord Jesus said something. He said, except your righteousness, exceed that of the righteousness of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You shall not do what? Enter the kingdom. I was talking about the everlasting kingdom. The righteousness that exceeds that of the that of Pharisees and Sadducees was everlasting righteousness. Because their righteousness was from an order of death. And the answer to that was the everlasting righteousness Jesus came to unveil. So war always broke out. Whenever he was talking about the father that communicated that righteousness, the works in them was reacting. The death in them was reacting because of the pedigree of life, because of that heavenly nature he was speaking from. So many of the scriptures we read when he was confronting them, we can't imagine the wars. And those wars was to get them to repent. Jesus' life was a conviction. Even those who had come into second death, Jesus was hoping they would be able to trace, like Nebuchadnezzar, measurement of second death. Jesus was hoping they would be able to trace their paths. Because his passing was a conviction. So I said, I said something, I said, He came doing the will of another. A kingdom had been set up to see man crowned with a kind of glory and honor for doing things in their name. We will remain strangers to the kingdom, to the glory and honor that everlasting life wants to come and crown us with when we still have the ability to do things in our name. How many of us understand what I just said? There's a place, 
Okay, as long as this good and perfect gift, this light, has not yet has not yet become has not yet dominate our souls, eh? we, we, we will find ourselves responding from somewhere. That response is a response of death. Just like the light of faith shone and shone into our hearts and then it became difficult for us to respond in love for the world or to respond for many to lost on the flesh, lost the aspect of life. In the same way, everlasting righteousness is coming to shine to places that the light of faith could not reach in our soul. When that light shines and shines and shines and, and brings, and that light can fully dawn, a nature has been formed. We now have that mind Jesus talked about in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you. I said, something came to me earlier too, that the same way we use the light of faith to prefer one another, we're not going to use the light of everlasting life again to prefer one another, especially in honor. Honor is a thing that Satan kindly tempts sons of faith with. As long as you don't, we lack the glory and honor that God has for the soul. There's a panting for honor, it's there. Is a panty for everlasting life. Is a panty for the glory of everlasting life. Is it the soul? So I'm seeing how everyone is constructing a mind. You see that after meetings, sometimes you find that you feel tired. Your mind has journeyed through scriptures, thoughts, images. Eh? They are they are beating that mind. They are they are infusing the minds with thoughts. They are separating the mind. And it will continue until that mind that was in Christ Jesus is in us. Somebody embody that mind in a measure, in the measure of firstly Christ, Timotheus. I have no man like Timothy who will naturally. And that's because faith had become the now life. They had, he, had not, he had not come to a season where everlasting life was being made a now life for him. Who will naturally? I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. This is somebody who was seeking, who was who was graced. This is somebody who had entertained the grace of faith, who was now entertaining the grace of salvation to do this. He said, All men, all men left me. For all men, all seek their own. This this Philippians chapter 2. Not the things that are in Christ. So those things, they are works. So Timotheus was a kind of a soul that would be rich with good works. Or that would be heavenly. This was an heavenly exploit. We are not yet free from what we... There are many things we sought... There's a nature that was formed in us. What is it? Corruption. Corruption came from what we sought. What we looked for. Corruption can be found in our eyes. That, that eyes that is not single-minded. That, that is not single. That is, uh, if your eyes be, that, is not, that eyes that is not single. So to, to heal corruption, we have to heal our eyes. 
They have to heal what we look for until we cannot look for the Father. And can I tell you, these people are looking for the Father now. Why? They've looked for the Son. They found Him. They've lived righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world. They've ascended somewhere out of the earth. They now want to go and handle heavenly conversation. And they will do so with this light. So some people are saying, I want to go to America. I want to go to London. Some people are going to heaven. Some people say, I want to have a house in America. I want to have a house in, in Canada. Some people are, are having a, house, a, a abode in the Father. I'm telling you. Some people are moving from looking for the Father to looking for the blessed hope, for the, for the glorious appearance, for the true God. Some are looking for eternal life. Daddy started it. Daddy has been looking for eternal life. You see, eternal life embassy. That's, 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 that's a bit, he has been looking for eternal life. How can somebody have a name of church, eternal life embassy? He's looking for something. Daddy has been preaching, Pastor Mika said, he has been preaching eternal life message for about 23 years. He's looking for something. And you can't look for what you are not giving eyes to look for. Yes. Yes. We were once given a double mind, we once had a double mind, we were once evil-eyed, and we look for many things. We're looking for some kind of glory, some kind of honor that the world has to offer. God was able to you know, arrest some of us. He cleansed us. He still cleans, cleanses some and then give us eyes to now look for Christ. But now he now wants to give us another class or grade of eyes to look for the Father. If there's one reason we, some have struggles processing the thoughts of everlasting life, it's because somewhere the eyes, the enlightenment, the, the eyes that can process those thoughts, that can see that conversation, is not there, there. And if we prayed, you know, some of us prayed and we're still praying, you know, for the help of the spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, revelation, counsel, might, which are the eyes, firstly, in the holy place. That means we can also pray and trust God. Yes. Can I talk about how he prayed that prayer until he went to be with the Lord? We can also pray and trust God for the eyes of the Spirit of God. The eyes that, that, that is dishing for the judgments. You see daddy just swinging in that realm. It's because of those eyes. It can be desired. You, when, when those eyes are in place, you cannot look. You can, even when you check scriptures, you can look at people's conversations in scriptures and day-to-day -day life. You can see, you will see things. We did the, the Google of, of that life. Amen. Amen. So, my consolation, our consolation is that the Lord wants to honor us. And like Pastor Mika said yesterday, he is firstly, to do so, he has to teach us to honor him by honoring the Son. How do we honor the Son? By believing in the Son. By believing in the works that the father wrought in him. 
that made his soul heavenly. So he was living, like kingdom come that will be done on earth. He was living according to the will. He was living from heaven. His soul was in heaven. Right now, by God's grace, by the teaching that is ongoing, our soul, our soul is, is joining out of the earth. A time is coming like the now life has, has been faith for some. The now life will be everlasting life. And for such people, they will be able to say like Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Our conversation is in heaven. You need everlasting life to, to say so. No wonder he wasn't bothered living in a rented apartment. He wasn't bothered owning, owning things. He was okay using things. If God is not bringing it as an addition, it's okay. Move on. Who do you want to shine before? Who do you want to impress? You can't even impress yourself. You can't please yourself. I've, I've realized that. You cannot. It's a futile effort. Channel that resource of your soul that you, are, you, you have used all these years to, to serve yourself, to serve, to, to please men. Channel it to the seeking of this life. And then you find yourself pleasing the, the Lord until you come to a season where you can please the Father. And it's those who complete that curriculum that will now be raised like the Philadelphia church to become a temple of God. And it's that temple, Philippians chapter, Philippians chapter, Revelation chapter 3, the Philadelphia church, is to such a temple, God now says, I will, let, let's see that, let's see that, sorry. It's to such a building. Having not just the, that, that building, you know, that sanctified building that makes us holy brethren, but having the building of the name of the Father. Let's see that. He that overcometh, of course, by everlasting life will overcome. Will I make a pillar? So that means he has been fathered by the Father of all spirits. He has, he has, he has, he has brought his will into subjection. I'm seeing that that thing, the same way we could delight in the delays of faith, we can also delight in bringing our will under subjection to the Father of all spirits and live out everlasting life. It's the only alternative. He that overcometh, will I make a temple, in a, a pillar in the temple of my God. This is a pillar because of the name of the Father. So such a person can now become, like he was most attractive to the Lord and then to the Father, such a person can now become attractive to God. You can see those, those elites of, those fellows of, 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 uh, in the book of John, like, like John himself, who had come into the fellowship of the Son and of the Father. Will I make a pillar in the temple of my God? These are those who will not just be, these are those who will move from being a people of God because of what, what, how the Father, how they have been fathered with the name of the Father to a place where they will become a temple, a, the people of God, from a people to the people. Daddy once said that. I will, I will, be a, I will, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. Why will he go no more out? John chapter 10 talks about how, you know, um, you know he, that come, he, that, he that goeth in, Reverend talked about how, you know, those two references to he that goeth in and in. He talked about how we're going to keep transacting with pastures of the most holy until the law of the most holy kicks in us, until we become like that, that living bread. And then that season will come where we would have naturalized, that law would have become our law. And then to such a person, he says in that Revelation chapter 3, he says, he shall go no more out. Why? He has naturalized. 
is a citizen of the most holy. And then ultimately such a person will now be crowned with what? Yeah, I will write so to such a person who will go no more out because he's, 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 he's a kind of an abiding priest like, like Moses was. He has been taken from amongst men. It's beautiful words ahead of us. It's beyond a man. It's beyond a man. I, I really wish people can see the Lord Jesus in what's happening. He shall go no more out. Why? He has been sealed. He has, he has, he has rested. He has labored to enter into a rest. He is in the rest. In the same way some by God's grace have, rest, have, have come into the first rest of life and peace. He has come into that rest of everlasting life. And it says, it says, I will write upon him the name of my God. That's the portion of everyone who will gather down that glorious mountain of Revelation chapter 14, having the name of the Father upon their foreheads. God will honor them with his name, and that will be a portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayers and thanksgiving. Let's just thank the Lord. Just trying to witness to the beauty of what's upon us at such a point in time. That as many as have become now sons of faith, they are also meant to become now sons of everlasting life. They are meant to keep that appointment with the glory and the honor that the Lord will crown everyone that, that comes to that place where he inclines his ears and hears and leaves. And then God makes an everlasting covenant with. It's beautiful to know that in the days ahead, God will make an everlasting covenant with us. With many, some are already walking into that covenant, like some have had, had that covenant of life and peace. God has given us that honor. And by God's grace, I believe in the course of this conference, things will be said this evening, tomorrow, and up until Saturday that will isolate the pace in which we can cut covenant with this, with this, with this speakings. I'm a Sharapata Thank you, G. Amen. Praise God. Um, I don't know if we observe what, I mean, the, the DNA of this teaching, what was, it's like an assault on our will. Our will, that's where the devil is really using this. The will is of men is like the servant of Satan, and he can bank on it any day, any time. And I thank God for the grace of God on Pastor Pastor Tayo. I was just trying to discern his own. His grace is different, and if you don't, if you can't discern him well, you can easily miss that unique gift that he has. He is a. I see him as he's like an apologist. You know, these guys who do apologetics, those people who want to prove things, maybe about the advent of Jesus in the flesh and all of that, so that people can make decisions for Jesus. And all. But he's a different kind. He's an apologist for life in the spirit. And the way he goes about it is proofs. Scripture is like, well, it's like you're reading Bible, verse to verse to verse to verse, accumulating all the evidence and all the, all the, the reasons and all the proof, scripturally. And then he then has the grace of then now beginning to tangent it to the conversation of the heart, the conversation of the heart. And I want us to see that today, that there's so much case. If maybe sometimes 
um, the Lord has to create moments like this. It's mercy. It's mercy so that if someone has been battling with an area, they don't want to let go. Sometimes the right conversation that can directly attack that thing might not come. But when this kind of moment comes like this, and I sense it strongly today for some of us, let's take advantage of it. I want us to pray. If in this message you've been seeing something, an area of your will, your heart, where you've not responded fully to truth that you are seeing, light that is coming, way that your will is supposed to give in and allow the Lord to prevail, allow this life. Is it the life of Christ for some of us or for many of us? We are still struggling with the light of Christ, of allowing the light of Christ to dictate our will and to lead us and to bring about submission in that realm. For some of us, it's that maybe we've done well with Christ, but we are beginning to see fresh light, like Pastor Tyre was saying, a new light concerning upgraded response, upgraded obedience with the light of everlasting life in the same circles, the same relationship, marriage, friendship, or with your brethren at work, wherever it is. Let's begin to pray. Just pray if, we have, if it's one minute, but I want a heartfelt prayer. A heartfelt prayer and, and just begin to connect and say, Lord, I yield. I yield. I yield. I yield. Help my heart to 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 yield. Um, there's so much grace released. This message has released so much grace into the atmosphere. There's so much grace present right now. There's grace present right now. There are some of you who say, okay, well, there are things I've agreed to, but my emotions, my will, there's a way I feel about doing them that makes me make the wrong decision. But now, just begin to pray. By prayer, through prayer, you can break through. You can break through that thing. You can break through that limitation. You can break through that thing in the name of Jesus. Just begin to pray now. Begin to pray. Begin to pray from your heart. Begin to access the grace. Access the grace. Access the grace. Access the grace now to subject our will. To subject our will. To subject our will to the leading of the Spirit. To the leading, to the provision and the standard which the Spirit of God is bringing at your own level, at your own place, to whatever commandment is coming to you, begin to receive it now. Begin to access grace now. If you need to repent, repent. If you need to break your heart, be broken. If you need to open your heart, just be sincere with yourself. Say, Lord, I haven't done well. I haven't done enough. I need to do a bit more. Just begin to speak to the Lord now from the depth of your heart. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We receive victory. We receive victory. We receive victory in the laying down of our will. 
we receive victory in the yielding of our heart, in the yielding of our will. We receive victory, Lord. May you be victorious. May you be victorious. May you be victorious. Have your victory. Claim your victory. Celebrate your victory. Have victory. Be victorious. Be victorious. Come and ride prosperously. Come and prosper. Come and prosper in my heart. Come and prosper in my will. Come and prosper in my will. Set up your throne. Set up your throne. Set up your reign. Set up your dominion. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. 